You're listening to Geeks Unleashed, a podcast that covers what's current in the world of pop culture. I'm Mark Brassington, and I'm in London. And I'm Jasmine in Texas. Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed, it's episode 97. I'm Mark. And I'm Jasmine. And obviously new episodes are now every Wednesday, um, so you can catch us everywhere on Wednesdays. Oh yeah. Before we get started, if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you so much. We would also appreciate it if you would like this video and subscribe to our channel so that you know when we upload new videos every week. Uh, If you are listening on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate that as well. We would also really love it if you would give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or Spotify. I'm not in the garage this evening because we're recording at a slightly different time. It's quite late. Like my get so my garage normally has my comics and stuff so podcasting obviously you don't see anyway but youtube obviously i have stuff behind me you're in the in house the today i'm in the house tonight because <laughs> it because it is uh... oh, alexa stop sorry that was like really unprofessional no well, alexa that. is super nosy trying to get in on our podcast dang oh, no, no, no. Her, her, <laughs> her and siri are not getting on like, anyway so that's throwing me off anyway. Like, it's like almost 1am here. In about an hour or so's time, I'm going on the Pop Culture Philosophers channel. Yeah, Mark doesn't um, sleep is what we have decided. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> so I can live off like three, four hours. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, on this week's episode, we're reviewing the sixth Harry Potter movie uh, in our rundown to our 100th episode. So we're almost there, 97. Oh, but so. we're so close. We're so close, so close. So... Um, and uh, just so you know, Harry, uh, my pop culture philosopher's guest appearance is going to be covering all four lethal weapons. I won't say any more here, but you can check check it out. Like, well, I mean, if you're listening now, it's obviously been and gone. And, um, but, but you can watch the replay. Yeah, you can watch the replay. So, uh, jumping straight into our news. So Jasmine messaged me earlier in the week, or a couple of days ago. Um, I didn't know this was coming. And, um, I was I was shocked that you hadn't mentioned it to me before. And I'll be honest with you, when I when I saw it initially, my actual honest reaction internally was I don't care. Like, which is what? weird. I'm shocked. Like, um, so HBO Max <laughs> dropped the trailer for the Pretty Little Liars Original Sin. It starts streaming on July 28th. Uh, I watched the whole trailer and wow, it's a lot more serious than the last lot. Uh, It's a lot darker. It is very poltergeist. It's like really, they've really, so so the original Pretty Little Lies was very teenage girl, you know, Mm. show. I would probably say probably early 20s. I got hooked on it because I like mystery type stuff. And the mystery stuff honestly went on way too long. Like who is A, who is A, like, you know, and I'll be honest with you, like it was just getting more and more beyond ridiculous. Like A was con- <laughs> A was constantly changing. Those four girls were just not left alone by yeah. whoever A was. Uh, it, it was so convoluted, uh, convoluted uh, so absolutely confusing and preposterous in the end, the whole show. But I still loved it. I still loved watching it. Like it was just so such a crazy mystery show. Um, but I kind of felt like its day is done. They did a spin-off with two of the characters. I forget the name of the spin-off now. Well, actually, they did two spin-offs. I didn't watch either of them. Um, so at seeing this, you know, I started thinking about the Gossip Girl uh, mm-hmm. reboot that they did. Uh, I think that's on HBO Max, isn't it? And um, so I was like, 
I just about got into the new Gossip Girl. And one of the reasons I liked the new Gossip Girl is because it kind of built on the original. Mm -hmm. by, and obviously they brought back um, Kirsten Bell, the voiceover. And now we've got Pretty Little Liars, which doesn't look like it's associated at all with the original. So I'm oh, like, okay. That kind of sucks, though. It, only from that trailer, only from the trailer, it doesn't look like it's associated. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it might be set in the same town or something. I don't actually know. So I will watch the pilot. Um, but I'm not really one for like dark supernatural horror. Like, okay, I, uh, that's fair. Because only because it plays in my mind. Like, that's mm -hmm. why it was, you know, that film Paranormal Activity. Oh, no, can't uh, watch that. Can I? I, know, I, I watched the first one, and I honestly would never, ever watch the rest of them again, like, point blank. Like, it, honestly, that night I watched that film, I did not sleep. Like, at all. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I can do, like, sci-fi horror. I cannot do... And slashers, like, I love slashers, but, like, yeah, I cannot shit. do, like, ghosts and demons and that kind of... I can't do it. No, I, all of that stuff I can't do. It really, really looked like it was down a serious thing. I'll, I'll watch it. I'll let you know what I think. <sighs> I, I was surprised, though, because, you know, I, I always tease you, but, like, the teeny bopper stuff that used to be on the CW, like, that was your jam. That wasn't a CW show. Pretty Little Liars? No, that was... um. Uh, it was ABC Family, which became that free thingy. Free, oh, free Freeform. Form. Yeah, because, yeah, that's right. Uh, okay, yeah. that's like, that's the equivalent of the CW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, but, yeah, but a more profitable version. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, um, so, um, all right, so our second piece of news this week, actually kind of funny, it ties into us and the Harry Potter marathon we're in the middle of. I don't really know how this came up in conversation, but uh, Ray Fiennes was doing an interview for a new movie he has coming out. <laughs> and yeah. somehow they got on the topic of Harry Potter. And he Thanks. said that he had the perfect spinoff idea for Harry Potter. And his spinoff idea involves his current co-star, Jessica Chastain. And he said that there should be a Voldemort bride. And Jessica Chastain should play Voldemort's bride. And the premise would be, it's like this very complicated slash dis functional romance story where like the only reason that they ever got together was because they were just completely obsessed with each other uh but but it was like hate obsessed like just again very dysfunctional and he said that they would come together with all these incredible spells and they would have amazing sex and then that they would have this like traumatic separation and then they would use their magic to manipulate each other to keep falling in love over and over and over again um and like the more he described his version of a Harry Potter spinoff, the more it made me realize, like, I feel like this film has already been made with Guillermo del Toro and Crimson Peak, which <laughs> Jessica Chastain starred in Crimson Peak as a crazy, psychotic woman that was having a very inappropriate relationship with her brother, who was played by Tom Hiddleston. You've reminded me of um, something really disturbing that I saw a couple of weeks ago. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> Did you know that they're making a Winnie the Pooh horror movie? What? Why? I mean, have you not heard of this? No. Okay. What? Why? Type it, type it into Google now. Go on. I just like see your reaction. Go on. Winnie the Pooh horror movie. Yeah, okay. Winnie the serious what? Winnie the Pooh horror movie. It, it, it. I can't. I'm not watching it. Like, not because I think necessarily it's going to be scary. Oh, but... I have seen images from that. What yeah. the that no thank you 
no that's a a no that's a hard no for me i I mean it's just like you don't like that's a kid property blood and honey is what it's gonna no that has to be a joke (laughs) like this can't be real these graphics look like third rate like photoshop stuff so, on, so we, need poo, we need the poo now into the public <laughs> domain so they can do whatever they want with it. Oh, that's terrible. That's a Just terrible wait. way to celebrate that. Wait till Mickey Mouse enters the public domain. That's never going to happen. I know, I know. Disney would, <laughs> Disney Disney would never. Li- <laughs> Disney would like hire Hitman or something. Disney would never. Oh my goodness. Uh, uh, we, we need the poo now, is so. Well, what's that next? Is... James Bond pornos? Like, I'm know, sure there are some of those. Oh, actually, yeah. Definitely. They're probably, they're, <laughs> actually, there probably is. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm not Googling that. Like, so. <laughs> Me neither. Oh, no. oh, man. All right. So last week when we had Cookie on um, from Just Little Podcast, me and Cookie made fun of Mark because Mark does not know what sorting house or what the sorting hat would have put him into, what house the sorting hat would have put him into. So Mark is going to take a sorting hat quiz right now and we're going to settle this once and for all we have already established that i was slytherin i i had no mixed muggle anything i was 100 slytherin i am happy with that choice uh i do not wish to be in any other house go slytherin so come on mark let's see what you got okay okay so jasmine sent me the quiz Mm pre-recording um and then i was like come on let's do it so Okay, so I've no idea what these questions are. I'll read them along the way, uh, <laughs> and we'll just see what happens. So it's right. from... Uh, By the way, website. both me and Cookie guessed that Mark would be a Hufflepuff, so we'll see if we were right. I hope that's not true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hufflepuff makes me think of that Nintendo character, the cloud. The cloud? Like, like it's like a... Like Kirby, Kirby. Oh. Kirby um, looks like a cloud to you? No, no, with Hufflepuff the house just makes, like, the mm. name makes me think of Kirby, the cloud character from Nintendo. Anyway, right. <laughs> so this quiz, this quiz is from a website, um, proprofs.com. Yeah, because um, Mark doesn't have an official uh, Pottermore account, so we can't yeah, take the I mean, official quiz. I mean, we, we could do that another time. Maybe we'll do that next week. Like, yeah, we when we wrap it all up. All right, okay, so first question. At Hogwarts... Okay, sorry, okay. At Hogwarts, you would want to study. Right, okay. So it says everything, apparition, hexes, jinxes, secrets of the castle, transfiguration, broom flying, care of magical creatures. I'm going to say everything. Okay, all right. A generalist. Okay. Scroll to next question. What smell is most appealing to you? Spearmint toothpaste. <laughs> That's not there. Like home, the sea, fresh parchment, a log fire. Ooh. I'm gonna go to sea. Okay. Uh, okay. A, <laughs> a troll comes into the headmaster's study. Select <laughs> the following items in order. You would you would save them. Dragon pox. Almost completed by the headmaster. Student records that go back a thousand years. A book of indecipherable ruins considered to have been owned by Merlin. So mm. hold on. The troll comes into my study. Set the items in order you would save. Okay. So dragon's box. Student records. Okay. I think the records would go last for me. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that'd be oh. the first. That'd be the first thing I save. 
Oh no, actually, hold on a minute. Student records go back a thousand years. So no, actually, that no, that actually would be cool. No, do you know what? I'm going to rearrange. Sorry, I shouldn't be influencing you. Okay, no, 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 because no. you made me think. Actually, it's a thousand years. So records. Okay, records then. Okay, records, then the book, then the cure. Okay. What would you rather be? Trusted, liked, praised, feared, envied, imitated. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. Never be I can never be imitated. (laughs) 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 And you couldn't praise me enough. So Okay, I'm gonna go with trusted. All right, okay. <laughs> this is um, gonna be disastrous. <laughs> you and your friends want to cross a bridge, which is guarded by a river troll. He says that one of you fights him to cross the river. What would you do? Okay, confuse the troll, have all three fights without telling the troll, volunteer for this fight, draw lots to see who fights. Mm. I'm gonna fight all three fights. Okay. Which path do you take? A twisty leafy path through the woods, a dark lantern lit alley, a wide sunny grassy path, cobblestone street lined with ancient buildings. Oh, I don't know. I like the ancient buildings one. Okay. All right. <clears throat> what do you expect? What do you expect people to do when they think about you after your death? Miss me with a smile. Remember my achievements. Spread stories of my adventures. I don't really care. I, I don't really care. Like, uh, I'm going to go with the adventures. Uh, after I'm dead, people should remember me as. I don't really like these dead questions. Like, anyway, after I'm dead, people should remember me as the kind, the great, the intellectual, the bold. This is like a real blow in your own trumpet quiz, now, isn't it? Like, That's how you uh, get sorted into the houses. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to go with the great. Uh, Okay, what's the worst nightmare? Everyone forgets you. You are trapped in a dark room, standing at a height, being mocked by others. Uh, (laughs) Do you know what? Being forgotten would be pretty sad. I mean, what I'm saying is, like, if you woke up tomorrow, that's how I imagine it. You woke up tomorrow. I mean, I imagine that's how Peter Parker feels. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna go with that. That's pretty sad. That's like real isolation, loneliness. Um, if you can take a potion that is going to guarantee you one thing, what is it gonna be? I would not want to take so okay, these are the four questions: love, glory, knowledge, and power. I would never want to take a potion to get love. Um glory. I, I would say knowledge. Out of four goblets, which one would you drink? A golden potion causes bright sunspots for a dance around the room. A slivery potion that sparkles. Uh, A potion that smells of plums and chocolate. A potion that makes you see strange visions. Um, I'm I'm leaning towards plums uh, plums and chocolate. uh, For me, the golden potion causes bright sunspots for a dance around the room. That sounds like shots of tequila to me. <laughs> I'm going to go with that one. I don't really care about it. <clears throat> answer to it. 
But you are approached by a muggle who calls you a wizard. How would you react? I will ask them why, um, is one of them. Uh, agree, and I will offer a sample of a jinx. Walk, ag agree, and walk away. I will offer to call a mental hospital. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with agree and offer a sample of a jinx. Okay, which instrument do you Well, find? I certainly hope you are of age then, using magic in the muggle world. Definitely of age. <laughs> Uh, what, what, which instrument do you find most pleasing to your ear? A violin, a piano, drums, trumpet. Mm. It's just the one instrument. Like, I wouldn't want to... I don't think that John just hear drums. And not trumpet. I think if you're, like, chilling... I want to go piano. Beethoven uh, over Vivaldi. If you could have a superpower, which would you choose? Read minds, invisibility, change your past, change your appearance, talk to animals, super strength. I mean, can you imagine if you could change your past? Mm. I think it'd be kind of cool to talk to animals. Yeah, but I mean, remember if you could imagine if you could know what the lottery animals were and go back a week. <laughs> Uh, although invisibility would be cool. Invisibility would be really freaking cool. I would get myself into a lot of trouble though, because I would definitely do a lot of eavesdropping if I was invisible. You might see things you don't want to see. Mm, Touche. Imagine you could change your appearance. Yeah, that one would be pretty cool too. I'm gonna go with that. Okay. All right. If you have if you have a chance to pick any house to be sorted into, you will pick Slytherin, Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw. Sorting hat should decide where I should be. I feel like if you pick one of these, I'm just giving to you. Not necessarily. Why? Which house do you think you belong in? I don't want Hufflepuff. <laughs> I'm gonna go Gryffindor. Why not? Which is which? What's is, wrong with Hufflepuff? Cedric Diggory was a Hufflepuff. Well, what is hard to deal with? Hunger, being ignored, cold, boredom, loneliness. I think loneliness is probably the hardest one. Man, these questions are kind of serious. I know, I know, I know. They're not really fun, are they? <clears throat> like, yeah, you enter a magical garden. Honestly, uh, what do you look at first? Number one is the luminous pool with something in its depths. Number two, a statue with a twinkling eye. Number three, a Silver tree with golden apples, a talking tom toadstool, hmm. the luminous pool. Okay, uh, there are four boxes in front of you to open a plain box that has a silver ruin, ruin uh, that you know is the mark of Merlin, a golden box that is carved, hmm. feet. a golden box that has carved feet that has secret knowledge. An unbearable temptation <laughs> look within a pewter box which says I only open for the worthy a tortoise shell box that with a sound like something living is squeaking inside mm, definitely not that one <laughs> I, think, I think I'm going to go for the one that says worthy okay uh, Mjolnir 
Oh, no, that's my board. Okay, what would you never like to be called? Ignorant, cowardly, selfish, or ordinary? Wow. I mean, like, all of them. Ooh. Ordinary. Okay. Which of the following would you most like to study? Centaur, mer people, ghosts, werewolves, vampires, goblins, trolls. Mm. Mm. I will go with mer people. I think okay, I might right. pick the centaurs. Are you ready? So yeah, let's, let's see. View my results. Why am I? Oh well. What are you? Guess? What do? Why don't you guess? You're a Ravenclaw. No. What are you? I got. I got Slytherin. Shut up! Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't seem too happy about it, though. Oh no! I- no. Or perhaps in Slytherin, you'll make your real friends, those cunning folks you yeah, like any, me. Any, hey. any, any means to achieve their ends. Welcome to Slytherin House. This house pushes you to achieve your full potential. Blah, 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 carries on. Anyway, so, yeah, apparently I'm a Slytherin. We're ambitious. What can I say? Welcome to the cult of Slytherin. <laughs> Oh, no, I don't like the idea of being a cult, like, but yeah, in the house, like, uh, oh, damn. Man. Yeah, you are, you are disappointed. I can tell you're disappointed. No, I wanted um, Gryffindor. You wanted Gryffindor. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I wanted Gryffindor. And it's I did. Gryffindor. Like, I felt like Harry Potter when I first took the quiz. I was like, put me in Slytherin. Please put me in Slytherin. Why didn't they listen to me? I thought the hat was meant to give you what you wanted. Right. Nah. Nah. Right, Aha! Okay. You're Slytherin. Right. Well, apparently I'm Slytherin. <laughs> I'm quite shocked. I always thought I would um, not be that. All right, I'm gonna uh, have to. I'm gonna have to hit up Cookie later. Be like, "Yo, Marcus Slytherin, can you believe it?" <laughs> oh, no, no. Well, he's gonna hear this in a couple yeah. of days. I know, <laughs> I know that he'll be WhatsApping me. So, right, okay. Very well, thank you, Leanne. You may go. Why is it when something happens, it is always you three? Believe me, Professor, I've been asking myself the same question for six years. Uh, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince (laughs) is our movie of the week. Um, Directed by David Yates, screenplay is Steve Steve Clubs, sorry. Obviously based on Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince by J.K. Rowling. Yep, all the same people. The only new addition in this film is Jim Broadbent plays Professor Horace Slughorn. Budget is 250 million. Previously was between 150 to 200 million. Uh, worldwide box office, it made 934.5 million. Mm-hmm. Previously made 942.2 million. That's all in US dollars. Yeah. So kind of there or thereabouts, really. Yeah. I mean, they're they're pretty much on par, pretty yeah. much on par. So I'm assuming probably at this point, you're a fan if you go in. Yeah. Like, you're not yeah. just going randomly like, oh, I no, just you're not going to walk up to the movie theater fresh and clean and be like, Harry Potter seven. Yeah, I have never seen the first six, but let me go ahead and jump on that one. So I messaged one of my mates last year when the Fast Nine came out, which we reviewed. I messaged one of my mates saying, defense against the Fast Nine with me. And he went, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Put two tickets. Anyway. Went in there and he walked out. He said, oh, I love that. That was great. And I was like, oh, brilliant. He went, do you know, I might have to go back and watch the first eight. 
And I was like, are you joking? Like, and he went, what do you mean? I went, you've never seen the first eight Fast films. I mean, I'm not saying like Fast 9 wasn't easy to get into. Like, yeah. But there was so much that like was referenced from the first eight films. <laughs> and I, I, I just said, I can't believe you didn't tell me. Like, if you just said I'd not seen the first eight, I would have said, like, I'll ask someone else. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like, though, if you're going to jump into the middle or, excuse me, the end of a franchise, like, that's a pretty good one to jump into. Those movies, aside from the characters themselves, the movies are pretty self-contained. Just like with the Bond films. I feel like you can jump into Bond anywhere and not really miss much of anything. Not the last Bond film. Not the last Daniel Craig Well, no, not the last one, because the last one was everybody was interconnected. Which I thought I think I think the Daniel Craig films actually I'm glad that I rewatched. Uh, did you see the latest one? Mm-hmm. Oh like, no! I forget the name of it now. What happens in the latest one? I uh, don't want to say if you've not seen it. Uh, <laughs> okay, then yes, I have seen it. I know what you're talking. Yeah, I have seen it. Yes. Do you know? I how saw it, ends? it on a plane. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where it kind of does wrap up the Daniel Craig saga. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Right, I won't say. I know we're not talking about this film, but anyway, I really liked those films. I thought it was great, and that last film was definitely. If you've never seen any Daniel Craig James Bonds, do not watch the last one. No, it's but um, see that one, it was too emotional for me. I don't like my Bond that emotional. I like my I like as horrible as it is, like old school womanizer Bond, like new girl every film, nobody to get attached to, just a bunch of people in gorgeous locations. He did get attached. Things. Pretty, he did get attached pretty much in every film. Yeah. Like. Yeah. which was unusual but i did yeah. like the fact that it was a saga with james bond like i did like that and it's i was chatting to the guy the comic shop guy that i go to and he <laughs> said to me i i really hope that they kind of because obviously it's going to be brand new not connected with this last lot mm-hmm. he said i'd love it if they did like a brand new reboot like say have james bond set in like the 70s like but obviously like a modern take on it yeah 70s and i thought it was like yeah yeah that, that, that could be cool so yeah anyway It'll be interesting um, to see which way they go but so before anyway, we get into on. the film, I got a couple of pieces of fun facts. Did oh, you yes, know sorry. that no. Emma Watson almost did not return for this film? Oh, I remember reading about this. Yeah, she was she was dead set on finishing school. But the more she thought about it, she's like, I can't stand the idea of somebody else playing Hermione. And so she continued with the series. I remember as well, she said something. I'm pretty sure I read this, but she also thought that people would really hate her if she didn't carry on with it. Yeah, I mean, I can. People are assholes. I could definitely yeah. see something like that happening. She'd get a lot of abuse, I reckon, if she didn't carry on. Yeah. So. Um, also, this is the only Harry Potter film that got an Oscar nom. It got nominated for Best Cinematography, which I, they have some scenes with London at the very beginning with the Death Eaters. Um, Millennium Bridge gets destroyed, which if these films are really supposed to have been set in the 90s like the books then millennium bridge would not have been built yet but you know hey whatevs um but yeah so this one this this was nominated did not win but it was nominated um speaking of oscar nominations john williams laid down the foundation for the one-of-a-kind theme of harry potter but john williams only scored the first two films which i didn't even know this and we had different composers each film thereafter so um i did notice that they didn't play the harry potter theme as much in the credits as i've been going through the series but i never realized it was because john williams was not 
part of this film anymore or part of the series anymore. Um, Daniel Radcliffe said that he took issue with himself in this film because he thought his acting was so unbearable that he still like has a hard time watching this film. And he just flat out said, it's cause I was awful and it's, I'm not very good. And this is just really hard to watch. Um, also, quite, he is quite rigid. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Yeah. But turns out Daniel Radcliffe was going through some shit. He said he showed up most days to set drunk. Um, so homeboy got himself some help, much needed help and yeah. was doing much better for the two, seven films. Um, Takes a lot to admit that. So that was that was interesting. But yeah, he's very adamant about how awful his acting is in this one. Um, so we have three versions of Voldemort. Well, only two really, but three vo- versions of Voldemort in this film. The 11-year-old Voldemort, the one that we meet in one of Dumbledore's memories, mm-hmm. is actually played by Ray Fiennes' nephew. Uh, oh, no it, it was not on purpose. Like he had to audition. But David Yates did say that he had a little edge because he could see a family resemblance between Ray Fiennes and his nephew. Um, so I thought that was really interesting that the guy who plays Voldemort, his actual nephew, is playing young Voldemort. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, let's see, what else have we got here? Oh, that, th- this was the thing that really bugged me about the film. We have a, the whole thing is about the Half-Blood Prince, but we have no explanation as to why that is Snape's nickname like how he came to be known as the Half-Blood Prince or why he calls himself the Half-Blood Prince. Uh, They do explain it in books. And in the books, it is because Snape is half muggle. He was born to Eileen Prince, who is a witch. And his father was to buy a Snape, a muggle, making him a half-blood. And then he took his mom's last name, Prince. So Uh, that is how Snape is known as the Half-Blood Prince. I didn't know that actually. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Like I didn't realize that he was. Um, I didn't realize half, he was like, half Muggle. Yeah, half Muggle, half. <clears throat> half How on half. earth did he even become a Death Eater if he was half Muggle? Does Voldemort know that he's half Muggle? I feel like they're very particular about the people that they led into the Death Eaters. I bet he doesn't. But we're probably mm. proved wrong by somebody. Yeah, somebody let us know. So, somebody yeah. let us know. Does oh, Voldemort uh, know that Snape is a half blood? You know, literally, Cookie right now is writing a text message to us. Somewhere, somewhere out there yeah. in the future when this comes oh, out man. in like two days. Yeah. Um, <coughs> Cookie's listening right now, going, "Oh, yeah. Like, how do you not your, know that? I, I can see it. I can hear it. Actually, I get your it. facts right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except he's very nice about it. He's not mean. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, he's not rude to us. Yeah. Well, he will be rude now. <laughs> so, like, All right. So, well, maybe, in summary, say, I, I this film. Say, we, oh. I was going to say, unless we start calling him by his real name, like, then he won't like that. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> uh, anyway, go on. You did a summary. All right. So, I'm going to do a quick summary. So, in this film, we start out. Um, wait, this, this one doesn't have the Dursleys either. No Dursleys no, in doesn't. this one. No. Um, this is the second film with no Dursleys. We start out. Uh, Harry is in a in, uh he's in a subway well i'm sorry the tube i actually know where oh oh before you go any further i know where no he was not on the tube he was on the um on a train station platform uh which actually was filmed in the surbiton train station and i was there the day they filmed it 
Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see any of them. And it was completely by accident. So I'd been out in London and um, I was going back to Surbiton and I got off the train, say late, like 10, no, I must have been somewhere between like probably around midnight. Mm. And they had like one, so this train station's quite a busy train station with like four or something, platform, four or five platforms. Mm. And one of the platforms was like really sealed off um so they were obviously they were waiting till the trains had finished and once the, you know all the trains had finished and the trains finished probably around between one and two in the morning mm-hmm. and they were obviously that scene would have been filmed sort of around between i guess two two o'clock onwards and yeah. trains trains start again at six in the morning so they wouldn't have had long yeah four hour window which it. is not yeah. much when you were an entire film crew no no they wouldn't have had much if they wanted it to be done completely <clears throat> without passers by like myself and um, so when I got off, everybody was like, what's going on? What's going on? And the train people did tell us that they're making a Harry Potter film. At the time, I didn't know. Yeah. Like At the time, I, you didn't care. No, I didn't, I didn't really care. If I'm yeah. being totally honest, I didn't really care about them. And uh, But now, I imagine if I'd have like gone there and, I don't know, Daniel Radcliffe was somewhere in Surbiton, yeah. I, would, I still wouldn't have found him. It's a pretty big place. Yeah. But I, I imagine that he was probably actually in the train station somewhere. Like in, It was quite a big train station. They've got big offices and everything. So that is so funny. There. Yeah, like, so, I, <clears throat> so whenever I see that opening scene, I'm like, I was there. The <laughs> Day they filmed that. Like, so anyway, go on. Uh, one of my friends ran into Daniel Radcliffe in New York when he was on Broadway, I think doing Equus, and uh, they were waiting outside of the theater together. It was raining. They were stuck at a bus stop. And he was like, do you want to smoke? And she was like, yeah. So he pulled out like roll paper and like rolled a cigarette, a cigarette, not weed, but an actual cigarette, rolled it mm. himself. And they they shared a cigarette together in the rain in New York. Well, he just randomly saw this woman and said, you fancy a cigarette? Yeah, they were the only two people standing out there in the rain. Oh, really? Yeah. What, talk they just talk chat, about chatting? serendipity. Yeah, and they just had a chat. Because she was waiting for a cab because she had left her phone in a cab, figured out yeah. where the cab was. The cab was coming back. So she was waiting on the cab so she could get her phone back. Oh, wow. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. So anyway, plot of this movie. Harry Potter is actually getting his flirt on with cute waitress at the subway station bagel shop i don't know what you guys have over there um my favorite line from that beginning scene is when she's like who's harry potter because he's reading the newspaper um and he's like oh some tosser (laughs) 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 and then she's like i get off at 11 you can tell me all about that tosser harry potter it's like yeah girl get it um anyway that never happens because dumbledore shows up they apparate somewhere uh then we meet professor slughorn and the story is afoot so from there, we go back to Hogwarts. We've got a lot of drama. There's a whole bunch of teenage angst and hormones in this film. There is Lavender Brown, who is the most annoying character in this entire freaking series, which is saying a lot. So I like her even less than I like Dobby. Um, then there is drama. Draco is going through it. You almost feel sorry for him. Almost, not quite. Um, drama, drama, drama. And then we have the biggest death in the entire franchise that ruined a lot of people's lives. A lot of assholes spoiled that one before people had ever even finished the books. I mean, this was, this was a big thing. And anybody that was a fan of Harry Potter knew that this death was coming, but we lose professor Albus. Oh gosh. I can't remember all of his names anymore. Brian. Brian. Last little name. (laughs) Brian. Brian, Yeah. Uh, Dumbledore. So Dumbledore dies in this film, which is 
tough. It's a tough pill to swallow. So that's that's the summary. Harry Potter six. Is it these kids that we know and love? They ain't gonna be at Hogwarts no more. They got some shit to do. They got other things to do, and the rest of the films are gonna be. We still got a big battle, um, which they pulled from the sixth book. The battle that they have at Hogwarts is supposed to happen in book six. I mean, it happens in book six, but the director felt like there was too much action at the end of the film. And so they pushed that battle to the first part of the seventh film. Um, so <clears throat> I guess what are your thoughts on this film? I am glad I rewatched this film because mm. I remember liking it a lot less prior to this rewatch. Um, I've, I remember, I think it's probably because it annoyed me so much. Like I remember all of that teenage angst and the Ron and Lavender and Hermione Triangle and Dean and Jenny. Like I just remember all of the teenage dating issues lasting so much longer, but they don't, they don't really take up as much space as I remember them taking up. Um, so it didn't feel like so much of a chore as the first time or the first few times I saw this film. Um, so I'm, I'm glad I got to rewatch it. Uh, it, it felt a lot heavier rewatching it this time. Um, and I don't know if that just comes with age, but it's, it's almost eerie to me, this film, like the other films get heavy, but this is the first, to me, this is the first film that actually feels like it makes your skin crawl because like, it's so creepy that you don't know what's going to happen. Like why are they all going into Borgen and Burke and, and what is so special about this cabinet? And like, why, like the, de- the way that the death eaters move through the black smoke, like we've seen that before in, um, in the last film, but like it was, it seemed extra creepy in this one. I don't know. Everything just had a much creepier edge to me in this film. So it, it definitely was kind of, yeah, it was uh, a much heavier watch than any of the other ones so far. I felt like it was very different in style and tone mm-hmm. like even from the start with just it kind of just went straight into like real just a I don't know eeriness that's kind of how it felt and I'm kind of glad that we didn't have the Dursies in it yeah the Dursies are jokey characters yeah and whilst there was probably the odd moment of humor in this film the tone had completely shifted mm-hmm. like I, I mean every film had been getting darker yeah but there was that point where um, I think it was like 30 or 40 minutes into the film when the mm-hmm. when Harry, Hermione and Ron um, were, it was all snowy and they were sort of walking along and that girl just gets dragged up in the air. Oh, and, yeah, when she gets cursed, Katie. Yeah, yeah. And like, and yeah. I was like, this is probably like <clears throat> horror movie type yeah, yeah. stuff. Like, yeah. And it's very, that was very dark and witchcrafty. Like, and Harry Potter, I always kind of associate with more like family friendly yeah. type stuff. And that, that, it's something I think a young kid would probably be quite um, yeah. sort of uh, spooked out by. And, yeah. um, so uh, that, that for me was just like a real standout moment because I was just like, this is a real mm-hmm. definitive moment in this whole franchise. And actually this isn't the kids anymore. This is, yeah. this is like adult type, you know, like yeah. 18 plus. And I think, so we've let our kids watch the first couple of Harry Potters, but not, anything beyond like the third one mm-hmm. uh, as we sort of agreed they're quite dark and um just wait till they're a bit older i think we may have let them watch the fourth one but that's beyond that we've, we've said no until they're mm-hmm. a bit older because they're just extremely dark 
but yeah, anyway, so <laughs> I, I I enjoy this film. I enjoy I enjoyed I enjoyed this film. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the style, the tone. Like I say, it's always nice to me that I've got that memory of walking down the the train station platform and yeah, knowing that like Harry Potter's opening scene, I was there that night. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I didn't see anything, but you know, I could see still, there was a quick, still you were breathing the same air. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Radcliffe was somewhere nearby. Like, <laughs> you know, like, um, so, you know, it's crazy to think. You never know. Like, you could have just walked past it and not even realized because you wouldn't yeah. necessarily. Especially somebody like you because you were ignoring Harry Potter back then. Yeah, probably didn't care. Like, yeah. and um, this was like 15 years ago or something. But yeah, yeah no, overall, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good film. And it was, it was not a. I think the first two or three films you could have picked up without knowing what's going on. But this mm-hmm. film was 100%. Oh, yeah. You know, this is a bridging film, another bridging film. But again, they're always done so well that they have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah. But this one obviously was very much leaning towards. You could almost have had this as part one, really. Like, and then Harry Potter seven and seven could have been part two and three. Yeah. For me, they, they for me, those last three films. Now I haven't seen part seven for quite a while now, which I'm looking forward to watching for next week. But you could imagine that really they were just really well planned together. Mm-hmm. And obviously the the end and how it leads into the next film. Yeah. Um to talk about this teenage angst that you referred to a minute ago, it just annoys me so much watching it. And even the fact that Dumbledore yeah. said to um Harry, oh, you and Hermione Granger. Uh, yeah, that was so out of place to me. Like, it was out of place. No, no, it was probably out of place for a teacher to say it, but it just made me think like everybody can see it. Hermione yeah. and Harry should have ended up together. Like, yeah. I've always thought that they were so much more compatible. Like, they just seemed to me like to flirt more or where I don't know, whatever it was, they just seemed so much closer. And Ron just was just so horrible to Hermione. Like, you know, oh, and it, it gets just, it gets better in the seventh film. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Like, but he, he deserves someone like that girl who was all over him in this film. Like, lavender. um, yeah, lavender, yeah. Like, he that's the kind of girl he needs. Like, you know, uh, I'm not gonna to be honest, I've got no problems with Ginny. Like, I think Harry and Ginny worked quite well together. I loved it when they were uh, <clears> doing Quidditch, and he's like, Quiet, can everyone be quiet? And she's like, Shut up, everyone, yeah, like, like just be quiet, whatever she said. And he's like, Um, okay, thank you. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, all very polite because Harry is a lot more polite. And Ginny, there's several times Ginny backs him up. I think Ginny, Ginny is, takes Ginny charge in this Ginny. film. Ginny's definitely got a huge backbone and she's Mm -hmm. quite a strong character for someone actually who's very quietly spoken throughout most of the films when she needs to speak she's she's you know she's all over it yeah you know I think Ginny and Harry are very compatible but I also think Hermione and Harry are very compatible too I really wanted Ginny to end up with Neville that would have been a good move I would have really liked that because Neville is Neville is my favorite like of the whole franchise, Neville's my favorite. Don't lie, you love Dumbledore. Not Dumbledore. Not Dumbledore. Um, shit, I forgot his name. The dwarf guy. Like, oh, oh, I'm not even telling you. Hmm. Oh, what his name? <laughs> Said it earlier as well. Uh, anyway, uh, right, okay, let's move on. So, do you have a favorite character in this film? I do. Actually, I had, I almost had two, um, but the reason I did not pick Jenny was because I hated the way that she kind of like I hated a lot of her dialogue Mm. like I loved her actions I love how like you said on the Quidditch pitch she was very like shut it like shut up and listen he's talking like she was Mm. very take charge in some spots and then in other spots it was just kind of like why on earth would you tie his shoe I just that is I don't understand that like 
I don't know why you would, why you would, anyway, like I, I, I had a lot of issue with the way that, way that the character itself was written, uh, but I did love Jenny in this one, but my favorite was Dumbledore, hands down. Um, the way that he is just very like, no BS with Harry. Um, and he's very upfront, very honest. Like he, he was trying so hard to avoid Harry two films ago. Uh, or the in the last film and like that worked so disastrously that I really appreciated how he does a complete 180 in this film and basically they are like attached at the hip mm-hmm. and just kind of the way that he doesn't beat around the bush at all he's like all right man look we're going to this thing I don't know what's going to be out there but I'm telling you right now you are far more valuable than I am so you do what I tell you to do if I tell you to run run if I tell you to hide hide if I tell you to leave my ass behind leave me behind because you surviving is more important than me surviving. Um, and I just kind of, I loved that about him. I love that he knew what was coming. He knew what needed to be done, but also he knew that he was not going to be there to see it through. Mm-hmm. And so he did everything that he could to prepare Harry for like this next phase. And I just, I, I loved it. I love that he had finally stopped sugarcoating everything. Um, and was just like, don't back talk, just take my arm. We're going to apparate. Um, also like do what I say. Oh, by the way, there's going to be this other professor. He's going to try to recruit you. You need to let him like, we, we need to do all of the things that are in our ability to do, because we can't do this if, if we're wishy-washy about anything. So I just, I feel like he set Harry up for a really good next two films. I think. Like I, there's two things you said, Ginny. And I'll be honest, I almost went with Ginny myself just because I just love her strength. Like, just her silence and her strength. She's Mm -hmm. quite quietly confident. Is probably the best way of describing her. Uh, I do think she's a very good uh, duo with Harry. That Mm -hmm. whole um, what you talk about the time the two days thing. I mean, love. You know, love makes people do things that they don't. You know, when you're looking out for someone. Yeah, you know, like. I guess people do things like they don't think about. Yeah. Like, just... like that, that scene didn't make sense, but like her running after Harry when the Death mm. Eaters came to their house, that made sense. Mm-hmm. I can see you going after your man because you want to protect him. Like, I can see you doing that. I can't see you on the stairs talking about your shoes untied. Let me tie your shoe for you. No, thanks. I hope, you know, I think <laughs> if, I, if I can't tie my shoes, I'd like to think that somebody would tie my shoes. If yeah, if you can't, if you're incapable yeah. of doing so. Yeah, I know, I know. But anyway, so Dumbledore, I do agree. Dumbledore is like the real linchpin of this whole franchise. Like, absolutely. Strong mentor to Harry, like, even before he was a teenager. Like, Mm -hmm. he, you know, he kept an eye on him as a baby. And, you know, when they knew, when they knew Voldemort was around, he had that lady in the last film watching over him. Mm -hmm. and, And just, the strength of Dumbledore. Dumbledore knew this war with Harry and Voldemort was coming. And yeah. Yeah, I know. It just he was great. So yeah, I agree with you. But anyway, so Snape was mine. And what I liked about Snape was this is the beginning. So Snape was actually like really up until this film, quite background. Yeah. Um, and this film we'll see is, you know, the kind of film where he actually steps up. And actually kind of what I like actually is how selfless he is that he's trying to protect um uh oh crap what's his name draco draco yeah yeah so he's trying to protect draco so draco is a horrible person um and whilst draco actually i would say moved from 
Draco is crumbling under the pressure of familial bonds. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's still, it's still, you've got. To, I always think there's a point in people's lives where they now make their own decisions. Like mm-hmm. I do get upbringing, like to a point, and then there comes your own decision making. Well, yeah, but we don't see his decision making until two films. Yeah, yeah, from now. yeah, yeah. No, I know, but like, I. So anyway, he's still at this point. He's moved from comical sort of bully. Yeah, because he was always like the comedy, you know, like yeah, the, the comic relief. Yeah. He was like the he was like the Biff and Skull. From yes, <laughs> like he was like yeah, that. He was. Kind of, and then and then in this film, he <clears throat> was suddenly that his tone was very different, his mannerisms yep. very different. Yep. And I get, but again, this moves with the start of this movie. So mm-hmm. anyway, what I like was that with to come at Snape was that Snape obviously thought Draco is now going to be forced to do something that will change his life. Yeah, forever. So, forever. Like if he kills Dumbledore. There's that no coming stay back with from him. That. There's no coming back yeah. from that. People will hold that against him. He'll hold it against himself. Mm-hmm. There's no amount. There's no amount of redemption that he could do. It, I mean, yeah, okay. I do believe that people can be redeemed for things. You know, the things that they've done, etc. Um, not saying that people can't be redeemed for these things, but like, it will always be with him. Yeah. Like, so what I loved is that Snape saw that that was where this was going mm-hmm. and stepped in. And obviously, what Snape did was absolutely awful it's a shame snape in some ways didn't step up and try and kill off um voldemort instead rather snape than... did exactly what dumbledore asked him to oh do. no 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 i know but like but i love the fact that he was very selfless yeah and protected draco i thought that yeah. was actually quite I, no i know that dumbledore and snape I, yeah i like what you're saying like he that. took on the villain so that draco didn't have to be yeah 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 so yeah. he he became the villain and he's kind of saved um, Draco from making such a huge life-changing decision. Yeah. And the fact that obviously I know we've seen the last two films, but so the last two films, obviously Draco's in the future putting his kid on the train. Mm-hmm. That moment would never have happened. Like, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe it would have happened, but how horrible would that be to be putting a child on a train with your other peers knowing you killed the former headmaster like, right i mean that, yeah that, i mean that's just going to be such a cringe every year but you're you know on yeah the you're training. signing that kid up for some disasters yeah yeah i sure. mean that, also that kid would probably be bullied as well It'd be like the sins of the father and the yep. generational passing down that that yeah. child will be carrying that baggage as well so yeah. snape stepped in to try to save draco from these yeah like say the familiar you know the pressure of his father and stuff like that. so i just think yeah. what snape did uh, the character of Snape is just brilliant. Like, yeah, I really, bro- he really starts to come together. Like you, st- you're starting to put together the different pieces. Like we really saw him step up and actually try to help Harry in mm-hmm. the last film. Uh, you know, Dumbledore told him to do it, but still. Um, but like in this one, the relationship between him and Dumbledore when they're fighting on the astronomy tower and he's just like, do you realize that you ask too much? Like, does it ever does it ever occur to you that you ask too much of people? <laughs> and Dumbledore is like, uh, yeah, but I ain't got a choice, so you have to do it. And I just, I love their relationship to where it's like, yeah, I know the Dark Lord is messed up, and yeah, I know I did some bad shit when I was a Death Eater, but you know what? Like, even in my worst days, like I can turn it around, and I really am gonna get behind this guy because i really do believe that this guy is the greatest wizard of all time but like 
the, I don't know. It takes a lot, like it takes a lot of mental fortitude to be between a rock and a hard place like Snape and still kind of come out with your sanity on the other end. So Snape would have been my third choice behind Jenny and Dumbledore. I think we both picked kind of, or, or would have picked potentially all the same characters. Yeah, yeah. I think this so. movie just lays it out to where you really can't pick anyone else as a favorite. They, those three shine the brightest in this one. Uh, okay, so any favorite magical items? Um, not an item. It's a spell. I don't know what the spell is, but it's when um, Dumbledore and Harry go and find Horace, and he is squatting in some muggle's house because they're in the Canary Islands, and the house is trashed because the Death Eaters keep begging Slughorn to come and join their side, which I didn't realize this, but Slughorn, when he was at Hogwarts, he was headmaster of or head of Slytherin house. So he was a Slytherin, which is why the Death Eaters are always on his ass. Um, but yeah, there's a spell that Dumbledore uses where he just like waves his wand and then the house just magically goes back to the way it was. I was like, oh my God, that'd be amazing. Like, I'd be sitting on my couch like, damn, my kitchen is dirty. Just flick that wand and clean kitchen. Magic. Oh, imagine like every house party ever. Oh. Like, Jasmine. Okay. Yeah. I've got you. Swish and flick. Oh. Come on, man. Like that, that was so cool to me. So that was my favorite magical moment. I could have done with that probably like 16, <laughs> 16 years ago. Yeah, I could do with that every week after I'm done cooking for the week. <laughs> I like, so when I was, uh, like before I got married, <clears throat> have my own house so my parents had quite a large house and um they've massively downsized now but they're quite a large house large extremely large plot of land and we used to throw like huge parties like i used to hire like bouncy castles and this was just friends i there was like no i say no adults i was an adult like i was <laughs> i was early tw- i was like early 20s like 24 used to hire like i like so i used to have they have adult bouncy-, bouncy castles yeah yeah so i used to hire bouncy castles I used to set up DJ equipment, I had speakers all lined through the thing, you know, I'd do food, etc. Damn, Mark, like, you were a party yeah. animal. I probably did this like three or four years running. And <clears throat> um, anyway, every year it went fine. But one year, I think it might have been the last year. Yeah, some things did get trashed. Like my parents were actually fine. Like, you know, like we're generally respect we're we're pretty res- we were pretty respectful because we live at home. Like one of the wardrobes got thrown on the floor and smashed, and um, that was bad. And uh, and then there was another thing in the kitchen that got smashed. And um, and yeah, I could have definitely done with that spell back then. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so my magical item would have been liquid luck or whatever it's called. Good explicit uh, Yeah, yeah. So honestly, it's like the equivalent of alcohol, but without being drunk. Yeah. And I don't say that alcohol gives you liquid luck. Liquid alcohol gives you more like. Liquid uh, courage. Liquid courage, yeah. Liquid yeah. courage. This feels like the same to me after seeing the fact that Ron thought he drank it when he didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing what an you know polite word can I come up with, but what an ass Ron became. And <laughs> and actually he hadn't even had any of it. Like he just thought he had. So yeah. really, you know, in some ways, I guess that confidence was always in Ron and he just didn't know about it. But yeah, I just thought, how cool would that be just to drink some liquid luck, you know, every time you're going into an exam, 
Yeah, seriously. Bit of liquid luck. Uh, That'd be just brilliant. Every time I go and buy a lottery ticket. So some luck. Let's have some liquid luck. Uh, You know, scratch card. Yep. I'll take take five, like all 50 grand winners. Yep, exactly. I I could do that liquid luck, hands down. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> never, never work a day in my life after having some of that. So, anyway, so what's your thoughts on the structure of the movie? Um, this one, I think it it is slowed down to me. Like, there's still plenty of action, and I don't think there's a point where like things drag, but it definitely slows everything down a lot. Um, there's a lot of emotion that they're trying to build in this one. And a lot of that emotion, it's like, it's made in the silence. Um, That sounds weird, but like there are a lot of quiet moments in this movie and it's two hours and 30 minutes long. So it's, it's got plenty of time for it. Um, But there are so many moments where it's just either light music and like big scenery and just someone pondering. Um, And I think that those are the, the little moments that, really kind of build character in especially in this film because by the time you get to the last 45 minutes it really 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 feels like this is the quiet before the storm like after the climax it it just it's like you know you've you've hit that point of no return and it's like well I guess I better get my mind right because uh I mean the only option we have now is to fight or die like that's it so I really think that the everything that they do in this one is done to set up, obviously to set up the seventh one, but they do it in a way that you don't feel like you've lost anything with this one. Like, yeah, the teenage drama is annoying, but the Harry and uh, Dumbledore going to get that Horcrux, which turned out to be a fake Horcrux. Um, Like just, there's so many meaningful moments, but there's also so much, where you as the audience, as you're watching it, you have time to ponder while the characters are pondering. So I think this film does a really great job of putting the audience into the character's shoes. Um, because you, to me, watching it this time around, like you, you feel the emotions as they're happening versus like mm-hmm. thinking back on it. Um, and so I think that that is something that the rest of the films really haven't done because the rest of the films kind of don't give you that moment of pause to catch up and like realize what you're feeling. Um, because a lot of the other movies are just go, go, go. Um, and this one really slows it down for me, but also <laughs> you were talking about the liquid luck as your favorite magical item, but yeah, when Harry finally drinks the liquid luck, that sequence is my favorite scene in the entire film where he's just like, <laughs> wow, I feel great. I'm going to Hagrid's and Hermione is like, no, wait, you gotta, you gotta go talk to Slughorn. And he's like, nah, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to Hagrid. I just, I have this feeling, like I got a feeling that going to see Hagrid is the right thing to do. And of course, like that's when he runs into Slughorn and all that stuff. But like just the way that he is so nonchalant and he's very much not himself. And Professor Slughorn is like, it's after hours. Like, I can't just let you go walking around the grounds. And Harry is like, well, you better come with me. Harry doesn't even have this kind of personality like Harry does not seem of all the characters in these films like Harry Potter is one of the least people that want to sit down and have a beer with you know what I mean like he just does not seem like that guy and so watching him when he's drinking the liquid luck and just the way that he is so like 
snappy and, and just like aloof. I'm just like, yes, you definitely need, you, you need a chill pill. You need to take more of this liquid luck stuff, man. Cause I uh, definitely took the edge off of you. Like, um, Toby Maguire in Spider-Man 3. Oh God. No. <laughs> it's a joke, joke, joke. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So this film, <clears throat> oh, I just, I, I, to be honest, I always say it, formula type films, but we're slightly breaking formula now, um, throughout this film. And definitely the next two, the formula is yeah. gone. Um, but, but I just love just, again, the world building. It, it, she steps it up. J.K. rolled in with every movie. Um, you know, I just loved, you know, Slughorn just being a chair. Like, and just, like, just, you know, there's always constant things in this, in this world that we mm-hmm. just never expect. And I guess in some ways, you know, obviously we've not got aliens, but, like, with this, with this franchise, it's kind of like anything's possible yes and like just yeah like you know there's a, a there's, it's not just her franchise where anything's possible but mm. there's very some very unique moments throughout like and even just little conversation throwaways like between yeah. Hermione and Sughorn like what do your parents do they're dentists like yes. you know like it's just so unexpected I, I just yeah the dialogue in the films is just really great I do think Daniel Radcliffe is right his acting is extremely wooden yes um throughout this film I just think even to the to this point, Daniel Radcliffe has not perfected his acting skills and probably going to get shot by people. But, like, honestly, like, I just think he's not the strongest actor and it's supported by people like Dumbledore and Slughorn. And yeah. uh, the, these adult actors definitely carry the franchise, although it might be centered around the teenagers. It's yeah. the, the adults that carry it. I do think Kamani is definitely stronger uh, in this oh, film, yeah. although, although she gave me Kirsten Stewart vibes at some point during this film. Um, which is not a compliment. That is not a good <laughs> sign. <laughs> she uh, was, it was her first crush, okay? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I do think Ron actually had improved. Like, he was less irritating than normal. But yeah. overall, I thought it was a great, great film. <clears throat> it was structured well. The dialogue was great everywhere, snappy, sharp, uh, funny as well in moments. I just love the tone as well, just how the dark star in the train station, which mm-hmm. carried its way all the way through. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was good as well to see, especially like you said, Harry getting hit on in the cafe, just, yeah. you know, they're moving from teenagers to, I, I know they're not early 20s, but like it's, they're kind of moving now into adulthood. Yeah. They're probably I like, also like that they blur between real world and like, Hogwarts like there's a lot more of the melding of actual London with magical London yeah definitely so uh just sort of round this out and how would you rate it um actually I am gonna go higher than what I originally thought before I watched it before I rewatched it I was thinking I'm probably only gonna give this movie a five like because I just Mm. remember not enjoying it but I'm actually gonna go seven seven out of ten I think I'm gonna go no, I'm gonna go eight. Wow. Eight okay. Yeah, yeah, I liked this film. So all right. Anyway, so next episode we'll be continuing our run to our epic one hundred one hundredth episode. God, tripping over my words there. Uh, we're continuing our run towards our epic one hundredth episode. Mm-hmm. As we count down to our milestone, we'll be reviewing next week parts one and two of Harry Potter seven. Ooh, so next one's gonna double. be a long one. Yeah, yeah, I know. So I better start that early in the week. Yes. So, <laughs> um, anyway, so you can follow us on social media everywhere: Geeks and Niche, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify, we are everywhere. So please leave us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends. 
Uh, Jasmine always finishes off by saying good journey. I would say respect the journey. So, oh, respect the journey. Good journey. Yeah, yeah good journey indeed. Anyway, see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.